Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. All right, well today we're talking about the places you can go. If you got your outline, pull that out. Uh, if you wonder what I'm talking about, it's on the app, as Jimmy said. Now, when he said you could be on your phones during the service, now, he was encouraging the Bible app, the River app, not Clash of Clayton, Titans or whatever that, Clash of Clans or whatever your latest game is that you're playing. Um, but we, we want to help you go where God's called you to go. Now, I do believe that Scripture is clear, the church... Uh, has called all of us. We're going to look at that. But it starts at home, in your own home, with your own family, and then it's called to spread around the world, wherever that looks like, wherever that is. If you got your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. We're going to look at, when I think of God calling somebody, Exodus 3 is what goes through my mind. And I, I think of this calling of a man named Moses. And it's, it's an amazing calling. I, I think it's the kind of calling that all of us would love to get. It's a supernatural calling. So the background of the story is there are these, these people that God had chosen to be his people called the Jewish people. He set them up as an example that others might come to know him. Not that they would be exclusive, but that others might find him through them. They walked into disobedience. They ended up being taken away as slaves and were slaves for 400 years. And so God raised up a leader named Moses. And Moses grew up in an Egyptian family, an Egyptian royalty family. And his opportunity to serve there was great. And the lead was great, but then one day in a fit of rage, he got angry, and he killed an Egyptian. So he had to flee. So he flees out into the wilderness, ends up living there for 40 years as a shepherd and begins his new life. And then we pick up on this passage right here in Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 1, where Moses gets his calling. says, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He had led the flock into the wilderness and come to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I will go to see it. When when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God said to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at him. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people of Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt in their own fertile and spacious land. 
It's a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people of Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship me at this mountain. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is your name? What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Wow, what an amazing passage. How many of you would like to hear the voice of God that way? Anybody? I mean, I would. Like you're driving home from work and you come home and all of a sudden the rose bush is on fire in front of the house and you're like, oh, wow, that's bad. I better get the fire extinguisher. And then you notice that the roses aren't burning and you're like, what in the world is going on? And you get a little closer and all of a sudden the voice comes out of the bush and says, Steve, Steve. And you're like, oh, wow, this is getting real. I mean, that would be a really cool thing if God spoke to me that way and gave me that kind of calling. But I've never had that. And I think there was a point in my life that that, that even kind of messed my brain up a little bit because I thought I need to have a call like that if I'm really going to be what God wants me to be. If I'm going to serve him, I, I got to have this burning bush kind of thing, right? I need to have the thing on fire. I need to know clearly it's the audible voice of God. And I didn't get that. And then uh, we see here what's fun is Moses gets all that and then he protests the call. It's like Moses like, uh, I know you're doing all this cool stuff, but I think it's a bad idea. I'm protesting. I don't think you need to call me. I'm not your man, Lord. There's got to be somebody else out there. And he doesn't do it once, but he does it twice in verse 13 as well. Now, what's interesting, God never gives him the answer he wants. In verse 11, it says, Moses protested God, who am I? Moses put the, the look on himself. Who am I that I could be the called of God? And what does God do? He changes the whole picture. It's not about you, Moses. Here's what he says in 11. He says in 12, God answered, I will be with you. When you get a calling from God and you think you're inadequate, you think you can't pull it off, you think you're not educated enough, haven't been a Christian long enough, don't have enough answers, don't have it all figured out, you know what God's answer is going to be? It's okay. Because I, God, will be with you. And that's how you're going to accomplish this. It's not because you're the, uh, the brightest light bulb in the, in the room. It's not because you're the sharpest tool in the tool shed. It's because I, the creator of all things on heaven and earth, will be with you. And then Moses said, well, who am I going to tell him sent me? And I love the Lord's answer. He says, tell him I am that I am. I started thinking about that. How do you get any bigger than that? It's like, who are you? I am. Are you the creator? I am. Are you the king? I am. Are you the Lord of all lords? I am. Are you the most powerful entity in the world? I am. I am that I am, Moses. Tell them I am sent you. 
Pretty amazing call. And then Moses then proceeds to do something that could only be attributed to the miracles of God and giving God the glory. The next guy I want you to look at, I'm not going to go there, but you can mark it in your listening guide, Acts chapter 9. This is a guy named the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul begins following Jesus, not like you and I probably did. He started by torturing, imprisoning, and, and uh, persecuting Christians. That was his beginning. Has anybody else had that as a job description in here? Nobody. Okay, so here's what I'll tell you. When people come to me, oh, Steve, I don't know. I've just done too many bad things, and I don't know if God could ever use me. I'm like, have you ever tortured Christians? They're like, well, of course not. I was like, okay, then you're in. Because God chose this guy to write half the New Testament, and his past was evil, and God redeemed him. So God basically takes this guy, He's driving to Damascus in order to persecute Christians, and on his way there, gets knocked down, bright light. Jesus speaks to him. He's blinded for three days. Then God sends a messenger to him. He gives his life to the Lord, follows in baptism, and from that point forward, he is all in for Jesus. Matter of fact, Acts 9, 16 God tells Ananias, I will show him how much he must suffer for me. You know who God chose? The most stubborn, hard-headed, strong-willed person that was out there, so much so he was persecuting Christian. God said, that's the man that I'm going to call to have that same passion and strength to lead the, the charge to the Gentile people. So you may think, oh, God can't use me. I'm too mean and honorary. Guess what? You're on his list. You may think, oh, God can't use me. I haven't been a Christian long enough. Paul was a Christian three days. Three days before he started preaching. Woo, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? Now, Paul was also the same guy that later on said, you probably shouldn't do that. You should probably test the guys first and make sure they're ready. But Paul, when he got saved, he was just all in. So I want to start by saying, if you haven't had that crazy big call, and I'm one of those that hasn't, it's okay, because we're going to see that God calls all of us. Let's go, Lord, in prayer and ask God to speak to us. Lord, I pray that you help everybody see that they are invited to be a part of your team to crush evil. That, Lord, you have created us to walk with you and to serve you, and that when we do, God, it is the greatest adventure ever. And we may not have all the answers. We may not be the most knowledgeable. But if you call us, Lord, help us to say, yes, Lord. Help us not to protest. Help us to be willing and able to hear your voice and step into whatever you call us into. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, if you got your listening guide, let's uh, pull it out. The first thing. And you can, yes, like Jimmy said, you can use your phone to follow along as well uh, on the app. The first thing I want you to see is that God calls every Christian to be a minister. Everybody. How do I know that? Because he tells us here in 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter's writing to the Christians, and he's trying to encourage them. And here's what he says, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. By the way, if you have a Burgundy Bible in the seats in front of you, you're welcome to follow along. 
Uh, it's on page 1024 of the Burgundy Bible there, or it'll be on the screen. He says, but you are not like that. He's talking about the followers of Jesus. For you are a chosen people. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a chosen person. <laughs> Look at the person on the other side and say, you're a chosen person. Okay, you're chosen. So let me see a show of hands. How many here are chosen? All right, you got it. You got it. All right, okay, we got that part. Now, next thing he said, though, says, you are a royal priest. Now, how many on your most recent resume you wrote when it said extracurricular activities or titles you have put, I am a royal priest? Let me see a show of hands. You put that on your resume? I didn't think so. Me either. I, as I'm going through this, I'm like, man, I'm a royal priest. That's a little bit intimidating. Anybody else feel a little intimidating? I'm a royal priest. But that's what the Lord says about you. In other words, you are given the authority and the ability to share the message about God. You and I, I don't care if you're eight years old, 12 years old, 16, 60, 46. I don't care if you're a brand new Christian or you've been doing this for 70 years. You are a priest of the living God. And the next one says a holy nation. It means you're set apart. You're set apart for what God wants to do. God's very own possession. We're his. We're called to follow him. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. And that's, that's what it means to be a minister of the gospel. You and I are all responsible for showing others the goodness of God. Basically, here's your job description. You are a bragger on the king of kings. You're supposed to just brag on God all that you can, all the time, and recognize that he's the giver of all good and perfect gifts. Now, I love to do this with my family and others, especially with these leaves changing. Man, do we not have a chance to brag on God? We, you have the, one of the best seasons ever to testify to God. Because as you're driving down the road, as you pull out of this parking lot, man, the colors are vibrant. We probably only have about one more week, right? But right now, they are vibrant. And I just recognize what a beautiful tapestry God has given. Had a friend of mine just recently uh, make a picture for me. They took a photograph. They took seven photographs. I found out they spent over, over 60 hours preparing this one photograph. Blew me away. I didn't know you could spend that much time. But if you ever get a chance, come see it in my office. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's a picture of the cross and the trees and the sky and overlooking the city. It's a beautiful picture. And as I saw it, I was just like, wow. God gave that person the gift and talent to do that. But the beauty is just breathtaking of what the Lord has created. And so that is my job and yours. We are to be good news tellers. We're to brag on God and all he's done in our life. I think after he does something really big in our lives, we tell it for a little while and then we forget to tell it anymore. We think everybody's already heard it. When the truth is we're meeting new people all the time. And so I just want to encourage you to be a bragger on God forever and ever and ever. So everybody's got that call. Look, then look at 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 3. Paul puts it real simple what our task is. He's writing to his young disciple, Timothy, and he gives him a simple task that's doable for everybody in this room. 
He says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So here's Paul's really deep and insightful plan. Steve, you tell somebody else who will then tell somebody else who will then tell somebody else. There you go. There's the plan, guys. You want to know how hard it is to figure out God's plan? It's that. You are his plan A. So who can you tell that can learn of the hope of Christ with the intention of then telling them, hey, now you got to tell somebody else. So we can practice this this week. So you have learned today, if you didn't know it before, which you probably most of you did, you have learned that you are called as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So tomorrow, when you go into work, I want to challenge you. Find somebody that you, that you haven't talked to in a while or that you talk to every day, somebody that you see, and in the conversation, just say, hey, have I ever told you that, that I'm a minister in the church? See what their reaction is. If they laugh, then you need to change your heart, right? There's something in your life you might need to work on. But if they go, what? I didn't know that. You go, well, you know, I am. I'm called to tell the good news of Jesus. Have I ever told you the good news of when he saved my soul? If they say no, just say, can I share with you now? because I want to share something with you that changed my life. And then maybe later on, you can share something with somebody else. What if everybody in here, I mean, there's probably 600 people in here this morning. What if we all this week look for just one opportunity? Maybe you want to do 100 opportunities. I'm okay with that. I'm not, I don't want to limit you, okay? But what if you all look this week as you go back to school, if you're at the high school, elementary, go back to college, go to your place of work, Maybe you're running into your family this week. Thanksgiving's coming soon. Are there any folks in your church, excuse me, in your personal family that you don't uh, even know if you told them that you're a follower of Jesus? This is a simple plan we have. I'm telling you, because somebody told me, now you tell somebody else and then help them tell somebody else. I love the simplicity that God gives us. It's something we can all do. So we're all called to that. So the second thing is that God calls some to lead in the equipping of the saints. Okay, he calls some people to lead. Uh, another step, if you would. The three men on stage today will lead in taking care of the needs of the church. Now, I will say to you, uh, what we do is we assign each one of these deacons about 20 to 25 families that are members in our church. And the reason I say members is because we got over 5,000 people on our roster of folks that have come and filled out a card. So we don't have enough deacons to take care of that crazy amount of people. Uh, but we do have enough, those that have joined the church and said, hey, I want to, to be committed to loving God, loving people, and impacting the world and join this church. If you do that and you follow through on that, that membership, then we assign a deacon to you that will reach out to you and let you know, hey, we're here for you. And they'll be the first ones to come visit the hospital. Hopefully, my challenge to these guys is that the deacons, that they'll beat me to the hospital. And so, 
God calls some to lead in the equipping of the saints. Look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's trying to help them understand how, a, how to have a healthy team, how to have a healthy church team. He says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Let me just pause right there. What's really fun is uh, these giftings we see in our elder team, all five of those, we've got one of one of each at least on our elder team that bring that to the table when we make decisions and pray and try to figure out direction. And then verse 12 says, their responsibility, now here's, this is what every Christian leader, this is our responsibility. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So that's my responsibility. My responsibility is not to do all the ministry. Although I have to tell you, I love doing ministry. But that my responsibility is not to do it all. My responsibility is to equip you so that you can do the work that God's called you to do. That you can be the hands and feet of Jesus, the voice of Christ in your workplace. Because you guys go places I can't go. You, you go into your workplaces. I can't be there in your workplace, but you are there. When we were praying about a name for the church, we talked about Celebration Church because we loved I love to celebrate. We talked about new life. We talked about new hope. And uh, so glad I didn't pick that name, Life Church. Oh, what a bad decision that would have been. <laughs> so later on, I just gave that one to Bobby. I said, here, try that one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we were praying about what name to give. And I read through and saw Ezekiel 47.9. And it says, wherever the river flows, everything will live. And it was the river of God flowing out of the temple. And I was like, Eureka, that's it. Wherever you folks flow, Monday through Sunday, wherever you live, work, and play, wherever you do your CrossFit, wherever you do your, your dog walking, wherever you do your shopping, wherever you live, work, and play, you are God's river of life in that location, bringing the hope of Christ to those around you. That's how my job is to equip you to do that and you to continue to do that. Verse 13, here's why. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's done that we will be mature in the Lord. I want you guys to be mature in the Lord. I want you to be growing each day in your maturity. Now, Paul, in teaching the church how to be a healthy church, he set up two areas of ministry uh, the elders and the deacons. We see the elders in Titus 1, 5, and 6. You're welcome to flip over there, Titus 1, 5, and 6, where Paul instructs um, Titus to appoint elders. He says, I left you on the island of Crete so you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. An elder must live a blameless life, faithful to his wife, his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. So we as a church have seven elders that we've appointed. I'm one of those. You saw most of us up on stage uh, today. David Burnett and Tony Pototo were not up on stage. They were, David's at the first one. Tony won't be here today. But their responsibility, our responsibility, is to equip you and to lead with a servant heart. That's why we do the foot washing where the elders wash the deacon's feet. Because we want to set the example that the kind of leadership that Jesus does, 
is a servant-based leadership where we are seeking to provide the greatest leadership for others for the glory of God, not for our own benefit or our own abilities to be glorified. And then the other is deacon ministry. And that's 1 Timothy 3. Paul's telling Timothy to appoint deacons. He says, uh, starting in verse 8, he says, in the same way, deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith, now revealed and must live a clear conscience. Before they're appointed as deacons, they must be closely examined. If they pass the test, then let them serve as deacons. That's who uh, passage that Brian read. And we have closely examined these three men that were up here earlier. And they have shown through their character and their lives that they are examples and testimonies of Jesus Christ. But really, that same calling is for every one of us here. Because I believe everybody's a leader of somebody. It may just be your niece or your nephew. It may be a fellow student who's a little bit younger than you. It may be a teenager and you're a college student. But somebody is following you and listening to what you have to say, and they are learning positively or negative from your faith example. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And you're a royal priesthood. Remember we said that? You're a royal priesthood? Matter of fact, turn to the person next to you and say, you're a royal priest. Look at the other person on the other side. Say, you're a royal priest. Now, next time you get mad at that person, you want to say something ugly, just say, I just want you to know you're a royal priest. It'll change the whole conversation, right? If you remember and I remember that we are priests in the kingdom of God, it will shift the way we think. And you are called. So maybe you didn't get one of the burning bush things like, like uh, Moses did. Maybe you didn't get the, uh, the thing that, that Paul got, the bright light. Maybe it's the word of God that just spoke to your heart and said it's time to serve. It's time to be a leader. It's time to be a part of the solution and not the problem. And I would say to you, that, that calling is for everybody in this room. That everybody is called. We're all called. But the last thing is that God calls some to move and minister abroad. Now, I would say this is a, a little different calling. See, everybody's called to serve here in this capacity, basically bloom where you're planted. But then the Spirit of God works uniquely in some people's lives and says, hey, I want you to take it to another location. I want you to take it and go somewhere else and serve and proclaim the good news around the world. We use that phrase to, to use the phrase of missionaries. They are on mission to share the good news of Jesus. But they're really just people like you and I that have heard the voice of God call them to serve and equip just in a different location. But it's a great opportunity and it's a great need. In Acts 13, one through five, we see how this kind of happened in the Apostle Paul's life. Remember, he was already preaching and teaching, and he was already doing that, but in his church at Antioch, it says, among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man, Lucius, from Cyrene, Manian, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul, 
One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for a special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, so these guys are fasting and praying a lot, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia and then sailed to the island of Cyprus. There in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant. So basically they were having a prayer meeting or a worship service like this. In the middle of this service, the Spirit of God either spoke to the elders and said, hey, appoint Michael Reap, appoint Jesse, appoint Melissa, appoint um, Mark, appoint Mike, whoever it is, just kind of went through and started pointing and said, appoint these folks. Appoint Scott, appoint Jerry, appoint Leanne, appoint Ron. Some of you are hoping I don't call your name. I'm not being prophetic here. I'm just picking people I see. But here's the thing. God sees you every day. And I do believe there's some people in this room right now that God has appointed you and he's called you. And like Moses, you said, but Lord, not me. I, 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 I stutter. If you read on, that was one of Moses' excuses. I, I stutter, Lord. I, I, you can't use me. And you've got an excuse. You got kids, you got responsibilities, you got a job, you got a career, you got a sickness, you got you're impoverished. You, I don't know. You've got your, your reasons why you're ready to say no, no, no. But I'll tell you, when the Spirit of God calls you, if you'll be open and put your yes on the table, God can do something incredible. He can change lives globally. I want you to hear a testimony of a, of a family in Central Asia whose lives have been changed eternally. They live in a city that until some folks from our church went there had zero known Christians amongst a city of more than 100,000 people. And as our people went there and they just began to pray and ask God to show them who to talk to and who to pour into. At the same time, this family, this husband that you'll hear, was seeking out a Bible, and he couldn't find one in the whole city. Knowing that what he had been taught about Islam was not true, and trying to find truth somewhere else for his wife first, and then himself. We've fuzzied out the faces for the video, but listen to this testimony. So, hello, River family. Uh, I want to introduce you to some new friends of mine. This is uh, Gurkhan, and this is Chrissy, and their daughter Meg, and their little one. Hello, say hi. She doesn't like me. <laughs> but uh, they are here today at our fellowship uh, because God has done something in their life. Uh, it's been a couple of years. And Garcon uh, was looking for a Bible for his wife because uh, his wife, Chrissy, grew up Catholic, and he wanted a, a Bible for her to read and uh, went online, went to Bible, uh, not excuse me, went to bookstores to try to find one. 
I looked around to try to find one, couldn't find one anywhere in this whole city. And then he thought, I'll go on the internet. And he found a website on the internet where he could apply for one. And I think it took you three times. I had yeah, to call yeah. him uh, before he finally got contacted. And so he was really hungry. He really wanted this. He thought it was for her. But then he got a visit. And he began to ask questions. Gurkhan, can you just share with the people uh, how you began to feel drawn to Christ and to knowing more? What art you? Yeah, when we read the book, I read first. Yeah, the Matthew, 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 Matthew. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then John. Yeah, yeah. Both of them like. Give me like different feeling after I wake up. Maybe like first three day, four day, non-stop. Mm -hmm. I repeat, I repeat, I repeat, and like for learning, for analyzing more. So you are reading every day, yeah, yeah, all yeah, day yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Repeat. And then yeah, that feeling like how <laughs> how can I explain like. Uh, like I see like some, like for example, like you you are like in mountain, like you see like some food or in desert, like you see like some water, like that one like give me like different feeling, like saying about forgiveness, like what I learned uh, and from my past, like uh, about like Islam or like uh, what I know like other like religions, also like I see people like pagan religions. Mm -hmm. uh, like very different from us and not look like like religion. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. not like a religion, yeah. but yeah. like yeah. And talk, not, yeah. not asking me something from me. I just saying come, come to me. Just honey. Mm. Uh, That's good. Honey, uh, like not saying like you should still like need to pay or like you should you should need to earn points. Mm. I'm not saying like you don't need to earn points, just like follow. What if our team had not been there? What if the couple that brought the Bible to his home had said no when the Spirit of God said go? What if their yes had not been on the table? And I, I'm not trying to guilt anybody in here because I believe God calls those he calls to go to go. And if he's called you to go, you're called to go. And if you don't, people like Gearcon will not get the chance to hear the good news of Christ. Maybe, maybe they'll hear from somewhere else. Maybe somebody else will get that joy, but you'll definitely miss the opportunity. Every day, 70, over 70,000 people die who have never heard the name of Jesus. So picture Putnam County, Every day, 70,000 people die who have not heard the name of Jesus. 365 days a year, that's how many people die who have never heard the name of Jesus. 1.6 billion people have limited to no access of the good news of Jesus Christ. 1.6 billion. Some of that's because of government that prevents the people from hearing, and a lot of it's because we don't have enough people willing to go. 
There are over 65,000 missionaries on the field. That's the good news. That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Well, just to have one to every 50,000 people globally, we need like 10 times that many. Actually, to have one to every 50,000 is like, it's like double, but to have the number to actually, I mean, 50,000, I can't. Could you imagine having one pastor in all of Putnam County? The need is great. And I believe God's putting a special call on some people. Young people, I want to speak to you specifically right now. You've been taught to think of the American dream and what you want to pursue, jobs, career, family. I want to throw a third in there. Pursue taking the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Is God speaking to you about that? College students, man, you're about to graduate, go somewhere and serve. What if you intentionally choose a place where the gospel has limited access? I've got a family member that they've chosen a place of limited access. We have people in our church that have chosen to to do their profession in a place that is 99.99% Islamic, that they might be the light of the world in that space. What if you consider doing that? Or maybe Heather's going to come talk in a minute about the back of your program. There's all these opportunities we're going to be taking to go around the world this next year. Maybe your first step is to put your yes on the table to go and serve where God tells you to go and serve on a short-term basis. Is your yes on the table? Are you willing to go? I'm going to ask you if you would to stand with me. We're going to give you an opportunity this morning to respond to what the Lord may be saying to you. Because I don't want anybody here to have their heart prompted and then say no. Or to say, well, I, I, was, I was willing, God, but they didn't tell me my next steps. We want you to know the next steps. It may be to the left over here. It may just be that you need to talk to the Lord one-on-one. Maybe it's not even to go. Maybe the Lord's been speaking to you about doing something local. And you've been dragging your feet, and you need to say, yes, Lord. Maybe there's someone, a, a child or a, a family member that you feel like they had a call on, of God on their life, and they've not pursued it, and you see them missing it. Come and pray and stand in the gap for them this morning, calling their name out for the Lord. Maybe you'd like to talk to somebody. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm willing to go. My yes is on the table, but I don't, I don't seem to be hearing anything from God. I don't feel like there's something that's been put before me. Come and pray with one of our ministers or deacons and, uh, and, and hear, let them hear your heart and let them pray over you for what God has in store for you. And you may be here today and maybe you have come, but you have not yet even trusted Christ as your king. You've yet to hear the voice of God in your life, but you, you're hearing it now and something is stirring. And you're like, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to know how to follow him. I'll be in the front in the middle with others willing to receive you if you'd like to be prayed over in that. And then finally, in the back, we have a prayer room. Maybe there's something that you really need to spill your guts out and have a conversation about and have someone pray with you. Maybe it has nothing to do with the sermon whatsoever. We've got some people back in the prayer room that would love to just pray with you and walk you through whatever that is. So as Ashley and Cheyenne, as they lead us, in this invitation, 
listen to the words, but be praying at the same time, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then obey whatever that is. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you were encouraged by this podcast, then we want to encourage you to like, follow, rate us on whatever platform that you are listening to. If you want more information about the church and things going on, visit theriverCC.com or download our app. Again, thank you so much for listening to the River Community Church Podcast.